Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Donald Perkins continues his series looking at Bible prophecy and heaven. And then a little later, Pastor Larry will answer an important question about our children. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Lots of exciting things are happening here at Southwest Radio Ministries, including our $1 million matching gift opportunity. Every dollar you give is matched. It is doubled. You can show your support today by calling 1-800-652-1144. You can also give online. Visit supportswrc.com. All gifts given are tax deductible, and they all go toward the $1 million match. 1-800-652-1144 or visit supportswrc.com. Let's join Josh Davis and Donald Perkins as they continue their look at Bible prophecy and heaven. I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday's conversation with evangelist Donald Perkins, and I'm so blessed that he's able to join us. And we're going to be discussing heaven. That's a big topic. He's got a DVD that he teaches for an hour. And as you know, we can talk and talk and talk about heaven. So we're just scratching the surface. But Evangelist Perkins, we are so blessed to have you with us again today. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you. I enjoyed our time uh, yesterday and uh, look forward to today. So we're talking about heaven today. And why is it important that people understand the truth about heaven? Well, one of the major reasons is because heaven is one of those messages that people just really don't understand. They got, you know, so many different weird ideas about that. Most time you think about heaven, you see a person floating on a cloud, you know, with a harp in their hand, you know, that is not biblical heaven. You know, people have weird ideas about heaven, uh, different aspects like that. And because of it, we've been saying a lot of falsehoods and misnomers that really does not stand based on Scripture. You know, the Bible is clear when it comes to what heaven is going to look like, who goes there, how long will we be there, will we spend eternity there? You know, I mean, the Bible is clear about heaven. Let's go into it. The Bible talks about the place of God's abode being the third heaven. And What is yes. the third heaven? Well, the third heaven is actually God's abode. And what I mean by that is the place where Father God resides. You know, people don't realize that, that God has a place where he lives, even though God is everywhere at the same time, but God still, uh, the Bible is clear, he has a place where he resides. You know, Scripture says that heaven is where God lives. It's his throne. The earth is his footstool, you know. The Apostle Paul, you know, he said in his life that he was literally caught up to the third heaven. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 and 4, the Apostle Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. And he said when he was caught up to the third heaven, he saw things that he can't even talk about, he can't even mention. The third heaven is actually God's abode, where Father God resides. Now, in light of that, since you know, God has put a number on the third heaven, then there must be a second heaven, and there must be a first heaven. And uh, the Bible is quite clear on that, too. So the first heaven is the blue sky that you see. You know, when you look up into the heavens, you look into the sky, you know, you see the beautiful clouds, and then, you know, the Bible says we get rain from that. You know, in the book of Job, Job 35, 5, he said, when you look up into the heavens and you behold the clouds, which are higher than thou, you know, uh, he said, this is the first heaven, you know, where you see the blue sky. 
in the Psalms, it talks about this is where we get rain from, Psalm 147.8. So the first heaven is the actual sky that you see. Now, what about the second heaven? Now, the second heaven is the Milky Way. It's the universe. It's the stars. It's the moon. The universe is considered the second heaven. We find a passage in uh, Psalm 8.2. It says, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. So the universe is considered the second heaven. So the Bible teaches three heavens. The sky you see, the first heaven. The universe, the Milky Way, that's the second heaven. The third heaven is God's abode, where Father God literally resides, where the throne of God is. That's called the third heaven. So the Bible is quite clear in regards to that. We're speaking with evangelist Donald Perkins about heaven and what it's like and so much more. And how does the Bible describe the third heaven? It describes it quite clear. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, John was literally caught up to the third heaven in chapter 4 of Revelation, and he saw the throne room of God. He saw Father God seated, you know, on an ember-colored throne. Uh, He saw the 24 elders around the throne. He saw the seven spirits of God, or the seven laps of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. He saw the sea of glass. He saw this, again, this emerald-colored rainbow. Then he saw something that was very interesting. He saw these four living creatures. These are cherubs before the throne of God. These are living creatures, the Bible calls These living creatures, they ascribe the holiness to God. They tell God, they recite this to God all day long, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, you know. So John saw an amazing event. God allowed him to literally see the throne of God. And, you know, I tell you, when I go to heaven, I I can't wait to see this. I want to see those living creatures around the throne of God. I want to see God's throne, you know, and uh, it's quite clear. So Revelation 4 gives us a good, clear description of how the throne of God looks. And i got to tell you something, you know, I'm quite sure even what John saw was, was you know, he tried to describe it as much as possible, but I imagine when we literally go there, we'll be like Paul. We saw things that we can't even, can't even tell you about, you know? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I've worked with young people for several years, and and yes. they always have this mindset, not, not 100%, but it's got to be close to mm-hmm. 100% that, they're wanting to live in the here and the now, and they think, oh, heaven is going to be so boring. We're not yeah. going to have anything to do in heaven. Is heaven going right. to be boring? And if, if it's not, then what are some of the kinds of things that we may do when we get to heaven? Heaven will not be boring. When we go there, especially as a church, once we're raptured, we're going to an event called the Judgment Seat of Christ. This is where Christ is going to judge every believer. Uh, we'll be judged for our works as a believer. You know, now, this won't be a place of condemnation, but you'll either receive rewards or lose rewards. Uh, another event that will take place in the heavens is called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. We will literally be there to celebrate, you know, the marriage of the Lamb. It's going to be an awesome fellowship in heaven. We will spend time there now. But I must address one part of this. We've been taught for years that we will spend eternity in the third heaven, in God's abode. But that's really not, not a biblical teaching. We would spend eternity upon the new earth. Literally, heaven's going to come down upon the new earth. You know, God has prophesied through Scripture in Peter that this current world we're living in will go under a fire renovation. And then Peter said, then we look for new heavens, plural, the new sky, new universe, and a new earth wherein the world's righteousness. So 
we're going to spend eternity upon the new earth, not in the third heaven, the way we've been taught. God made man to be earth dwellers. In other words, when God made Adam, he made Adam from the dust of the earth and was always God's will for mankind to live forever on planet earth. We won't be in heaven floating on clouds, eating Philadelphia cream cheese and and strumming a harp. That's totally unbiblical. We will spend eternity upon a brand new earth. We'll have houses. We'll have have homes in the new new earth. It's going to be awesome. God's throne will literally come down to the new earth. So we will spend eternity upon the new earth and not in the third heaven. Now, we will go there, but we won't spend eternity there. We're visiting with evangelist Donald Perkins as we're discussing heaven and what it's like. He's got an hour-long DVD entitled Heaven. You can pick up a copy of that by calling us at 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting us online at swrc.com. You can also connect with Brother Perkins on his website, and he also has an app available for download as well. Just search for According to Prophecy.org if you're going for the website. The app is According to Prophecy, and that's the number two. And search for that According to Prophecy.org or find it in the App Store as well. Brother Perkins, who's going to be in heaven? The redeemed will be there. When a person died today as a Christian, uh, the Apostle Paul shared in Corinthians, he said that we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. So when a Christian dies, a Christian goes to heaven. But I'll tell you something else that's really amazing. You have heaven, God is there, our Savior Jesus is there, the patriarchs are there, the angels are there. I mean, so heaven is a very busy place, you know, and the Bible, again, gives us a lot of understanding about what's there. You know, you have angels that are innumerable angels in heaven. The archangel Michael, you have uh, the messenger angel Gabriel. So heaven is a busy place. You know, you have the, the seraphim and, and cherubim. You, have, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in heaven. And based on what the scripture tells we can see that these will be in heaven. In the final judgment, the great white throne judgment, when God judged the unredeemed, they would literally stand before God at the white throne. This would be their time to stand before God, and God's going to vindicate his judgment on the unredeemed, and then they would be judged and cast into the lake of fire. Now, that's a unique teaching, but it's biblical. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, talks about when the unredeemed stands before God at the white throne. They would be there only to be judged, and then they would be cast eternally into eternal judgment. But a lot of things are going to happen, a lot of People will be there. I mean, on the DVD that we have on heaven, we're going to in-depth to cover a lot of this that we really don't have time to cover now. We have more time to go in-depth to give you a clear understanding of heaven. There's so much that is focused on the architecture of heaven, you know, the streets of gold Mm -hmm. and gates of pearl and things like that. But who is really the central focus of heaven? Well, the central focus of heaven is God the Father and Jesus our Savior. Since you mentioned the streets of gold, this is one of the reasons why we really need to understand Bible prophecy, because see, we've been taught, you know, and just because people just don't understand it, we, we've been taught that we go to heaven, we walk on streets of gold in heaven, but that's really not biblical. What's going to happen, the streets of gold, which is part of the New Jerusalem, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, John said, I saw the New Jerusalem come out of heaven, it's coming from the third heaven, but it's going to come down and it's going to reside on the new earth. Uh, this is why I, I was making a statement that heaven would literally become a part of earth. 
uh, Father God's throne would be a part of planet Earth. In the New Jerusalem that's going to come down upon the new Earth that God's going to renovate from this current world, then you have the streets of gold. And then we'll be able to go in and out of the city. You have the 12 gates of pearl. Uh, the Bible says that the city would never, never close. The gates would never close. And then we'll be able to go in and out and see Father God on the throne. Uh, the Bible talks about the tree of life. The tree of life is going to literally come back upon planet Earth. And the Bible says that we will be able to partake of the tree of life. It's going to bear 12 manner fruits and yield a different fruit every month. We'll be able to partake of the tree of life that's going to be a part of the new Jerusalem that's going to be upon the new Earth. So we will spend eternity upon the new Earth. But the main focus will be that of Father God. You know, we'll be able to see Father God. We'll be able to see the Savior. Not only them, but we'll also be able to see the patriarchs of old. We will have a, a family reunion of all the saints and all the patriarchs. You know, you'll be able to dine with Abraham and King David. You know, uh, as a prophet teacher, I'm longing to talk with Daniel, the prophet, you know, and talk to him about how was it, you know, when you were with Nebuchadnezzar. You know what I mean? So our future will be so beautiful upon the new earth, and literally heaven will literally come down upon, upon the new earth. So it's going to be beautiful. It will be that, and that's for sure. And I'm so excited to be able to worship Jesus there for all of eternity, yes. worship God yes. our Father and the Holy Spirit within us, and uh, it's just going to be so mind-blowing. I don't know how yes. we'll even <laughs> be able to wrap our minds around any of these things, but uh, <laughs> we have all of eternity to enjoy that wonderful Absolutely. fellowship that God has designed for us. Well, in yes. your DVD teaching, you discuss a lot of hard questions that people have about mm -hmm. heaven. We want mm -hmm. to mention at least a, a few of them. Uh, sometimes sure. people think that we become angels when we go to heaven, when their loved one dies, mm -hmm. they say they've gained their yeah. wings, something like that. Right. Do we become <laughs> angels when we go to heaven? No, we don't. Believe it or not, and I've heard this many times, as you just mentioned, somebody said, well, mom has got, she's earned her wings or this and that. That is totally unbiblical. If we become angels when we die, we become unredeemable. Jesus did not die to redeem angels. He died to redeem humanity. As a matter of fact, he came to the womb of a woman as a human. Uh, that qualified him to be able to redeem us. So we don't become angels when we die. Angels are unredeemable. Your loved one did not become an angel. Your baby did not become a cherub. That is totally, totally different. I mean, that's a different class of being. Angels, God created angels, but God also created humans. We do not become angels when we die. We're visiting with Evangelist Donald Perkins and discussing his teaching on heaven. It's an hour-long DVD that he has. We're just scratching the surface today. If you'd like to pick yeah. up a copy, you can do so by calling 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting swrc.com. Also, you can connect with Brother Perkins and his wonderful ministry at accordingtoprophecy.org. Another hard question that people often ask about heaven is, will there be animals in heaven? <laughs> yes, there will be animals in heaven. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you read Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16, uh, the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ. The Bible says when Christ comes back in the second coming, he's coming back upon a white horse. Not only him, but also the Bible says the army that's going to follow him. Now, the armies that are coming back with Christ at that time will be the glorified saints. But the Bible says at that time we will ride upon white horses coming out of heaven with him. So 
yes, there will be animals and there are animals in heaven, the third heaven. But in regards to the new heavens and new earth, dealing with the new eternity, there will be animals in the new world. When God created man in the beginning, Father Adam, who was the federal head of humanity, he named all the animals. So animals were always a part of God's plan to serve mankind. In Genesis, Adam had full dominion over every creature. Going forward in the new world, we'll have full dominion uh, granted again. As a matter of fact, Revelation 22.3 says that the curse will be lifted. So the curse, that, that cursed man uh, of Adam, will no longer be a part of the new earth. So therefore, we'll have full dominion over the animals. And, and I, I tell, tell people all the time, you know, whatever kind of animal you like, I believe we'll be able to have that same animal in the eternal world. I mean, I'm looking for two big, pretty lions uh, to be a part of my dwelling place, you know, in the new Jerusalem. And one of the big questions that I'd like to wrap up with, Sure. How can someone be sure? I, I know we've got people listening right now. They're not sure if they're going to go to heaven. Yes. How can we be sure that we're going to go to heaven when we die? Well, it is so simple. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Salvation is a free gift that you receive. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believe on his death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says you are saved or you shall be saved. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. Jesus already paid the price. And as a matter of fact, when you receive Christ and you call upon him, the, the Bible talks about our names are, are placed in the Lamb's Book of Life. In the Book of Life, your name will be, will be placed there. What Christ has done at Calvary has granted us eternal life. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that shall be saved, you call upon him that easy, you're safe. And then you'll spend eternity with him in the new heavens and the new earth. There's nothing you can do on your own to do that but believe and receive Christ as your Savior. So salvation is easy. It's not something you got to work to do. It's just believing on Christ and what he's done will grant you eternal life. Friends, we want to see you in heaven, and we want you to be part of that. So if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, we invite you to call upon him today, just as Brother Perkins was sharing with you. If you've got more questions about that, we encourage you to reach out to us at 1-800-652-1144 or visit us online at swrc.com. Brother Perkins, we appreciate your time and your ministry, and God bless you so much. Well, thank you, Josh, for having me. I look forward to coming back in the future. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. The complete two-day presentation by Donald Perkins on Bible Prophecy in Heaven is available on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. Today we're featuring an outstanding collection of Donald Perkins' teaching. Five DVDs that cover False Christ in the Last Days, Israel in Bible Prophecy, Heaven, the Reality of Hell, and God's Order of Events. From encouragement to warning, these DVDs will be a wonderful addition to your library. Order the Donald Perkins Collection when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Our children and grandchildren are under assault. Online, on the television, in books, they are being attacked on all sides. When you go deeper, some start to wonder if these attacks are demonic. This leads to today's question for Pastor Larry. 
Pastor Larry, are children being demonized today? In a society that is becoming increasingly morally bankrupt, children suffer terribly. Sometimes their behavior becomes bizarre. Sometimes they are terribly withdrawn. At other times, they become violent. So one might ask, what's going on? Is this a sign of demonic activity? There are Christians who do not believe that demons are active today. They believe we're living in the millennium of Revelation 20. It is called realized millennialism. I'm certainly not in that camp. To answer the above question, I want to refer the listeners to Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. In this passage, we read of a little child who is being attacked by a malevolent spirit being. The child foamed at the mouth. The demon often flung the child into the fire or into water and tried to destroy him. Jesus asked the father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. The word used for child could refer to a child seven years old or younger. At such a young and tender age, I doubt if this child had been involved in witchcraft or other dark activities that opened the boy to a long-term demonic attack. In his book, The Great Physician, G. Campbell Morgan, well-known British pastor of an earlier generation, states that the father's answer that this has been happening to his son from childhood quite literally means from his birth. Quote, Thus we see, says Campbell Morgan, that the possession of this boy by an evil spirit, with all its terrible consequences, was not the result of his own personal sin. The boy is revealed utterly beyond the reach of human efforts, suffering mentally and physically through no wrongdoing of his own. But how we may ask, did the demon gain entry into the life of this little child? Well, we know, for example, that cocaine-addicted babies were not addicted by their own wrongdoing. The mother's addiction was passed on through her physiological tie to the unborn child. Moreover, we know that the spiritual consequences of the original sin of Adam and Eve had been passed on to the entire human race. Romans 5.14 speaks of the fact that even before sin was codified through the Mosaic Law, Paul writes, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude or likeness of Adam's transgression. Death ruled over people who were not directly tempted by Satan in the garden, as were Adam and Eve, yet Scripture says death reigned from Adam to Moses. So before the law was given, the effects of Adam's sin were still very much in evidence from Adam to Moses. In his book, Demon Possession and the Christian, page 221, C. Fred Dickinson writes, I have found this avenue of ancestral involvement to be the chief cause of demonization. Well, over 95% of more than 400 persons I have contacted in my counseling ministry have been demonized because of their ancestors' involvement in occult and demonic activities, close quotes. Mark Bubeck, in his book, Raising Lambs Among Wolves, page 56, agrees, quote, Demonic activity does tend to follow generational lines. A large majority of the troubled people I've been able to help have a family history of occultism, close quotes. 
It is important to remember that we are not personally guilty for our ancestors' sins. Now, while this is true, the fact remains that we are affected by the consequences of those sins. For example, a mother or father may be an alcoholic. God doesn't judge us and penalize us for their sin, yet a drunken parent who falls asleep in a home with a cigarette in his mouth may burn down the house and render the whole family homeless. In several passages of Scripture, we are reminded of the connection between parents and children. In 2 Chronicles 33, 21-22, we read of evil Ammon. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. For Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made and served them. This principle is articulated in Exodus 20, verse 5, quote, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. While I do believe that children are being demonized today, I need to remind our listeners that there is a mental health crisis among children today. Now, why is that? Led by the federal government, Marxist schemes are being imposed on children through the public school system. Children are being taught to hate themselves, to hate others and their country. All the while, government schools, in collaboration with many physicians, have been drugging children to control their behavior, ADD and ADHD. I must also add that confusion from government schools telling young children they might not be their biological sex and robbing their innocence with talks of sex perversion even before they are thinking of sex as state-sponsored child abuse. No wonder we have a mental health problem among our young people. The Youth Risk Behavior Survey, released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that's the CDC, illustrates just how serious the problem has become for America's young people. Almost three in five teenage girls felt persistent sadness. Girls are twice as likely to be depressed as boys, and one in three girls said they seriously considered suicide. A study released in December of 2022 found that liberal teens are more likely to be depressed than their conservative peers. In fact, liberal boys are more likely to be depressed than conservative girls, which suggests that political beliefs are more predictive of depression than gender. In view of the current situation, parents are strongly encouraged to be faithful in personal prayer, Bible study, and church attendance. If parents value the spiritual and mental health of their children— Honoring God and living a consistent Christian life needs to be a priority. Parents who are Sunday morning Christians and live the rest of the week like reprobate sinners will have little effect on the spiritual well-being of their kids. Today we have an outstanding collection of Donald Perkins' teaching. Five DVDs that cover false Christ in the last days, Israel and Bible prophecy, heaven, the reality of hell, and God's order of events. Order the Donald Perkins Collection when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Friends, we're living in unprecedented times when Christian leaders are renouncing their faith and large numbers of believers are falling away. 
Is this the final apostasy prophesied by Jesus and Paul? Find out from Michael Brown on tomorrow's program. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Please visit swrc.com.